Chapter 3 A License to Print Money Your List A number of years ago, I remember being at a function at our kids' elementary school where I chatted with the mother of one of my son's classmates. Both of our children were in fifth grade, which meant we were about six years away from the first college tuition bill. And that's a topic parents of school-aged kids have on their minds. Since the other parent knew I had an interest in the financial markets, I suppose it was natural for her to ask what kind of college savings plan I had for my kids. My answer wasn't what she expected. This is what I said. I don't have any college savings plan at all because I've got a list. She stared at me blankly, completely confused, which didn't surprise me. After all, it was something of a smart-ass remark. But I had answered truthfully. I wasn't worried about tuition bills because I knew I had something far more valuable than a college savings plan. What I had was almost the equivalent of a license to print money whenever I needed it. I had an email list of clients and prospects, and that list gave me the ability to create income on demand. Of course, there will always be work involved, but the bottom line is that having an email list is the closest thing you can have to a printing press that will print money for you. Would you like to have that ability to create income on demand? That's what this chapter is all about. Let me give you a real-world example from my life. When my wife and I decided to move out of the Denver area, the timing wasn't ideal. My business was just starting to really take off, and Mary had just recently quit her job to be home with the kids. We wanted to move to the mountains, specifically to Durango, a beautiful town in southwest Colorado. However, we thought we would take some time before we made the move. We wanted to adjust to Mary being home. And we were still a little nervous about my business being the sole source of income for the family. But you know what they say about the best-laid plans. Just a couple of months after Mary left her job, we took a weekend trip down to Durango and found the home we wanted to live in. It was our dream home in a dream community. And it was available immediately, and we knew it wouldn't stay on the market very long. The problem was timing. We weren't quite ready to move 300 miles across the state. For one thing, we wanted the kids to finish out the school year in their current school. Secondly, we would have to buy the home in Durango several months before we sold our home in Denver. To do that, I needed a bunch of money quickly, something like an extra $70,000 for the down payment on the new home. Now, at that point, a lot of people would start thinking about borrowing money, either from a bank or possibly from a friend or family member. But that isn't what I was thinking. My first thought was, what type of offer can I make to my email list to raise that kind of money quickly? That's the power of the list. It means that you have the ability to create a big payday on demand. And that's exactly what I did. I looked at all the interactions and feedback I'd had with my list, and I sat down and mapped out an offer that I knew people on my email list would want. I also made sure it was a product that I could create quickly and easily, and then I put together a launch for that product. That's the backstory behind my first six-figure launch, 
the first six in seven that I mentioned in chapter one. The result of that launch was that I did $106,000 in a single week, and of that, about $103,000 was profit. And just that quickly, I had my down payment for my house. That's the power of the list. And, of course, a well-orchestrated product launch formula-style promotion. But again, I'm not some magician. I don't have any superpowers. I put in the effort to create that email list, and you can do the same thing. Think about what it would be like to have that kind of an asset in your business and your life. Think about how it would literally transform every aspect of your life. That's what this chapter is about. Building the kind of responsive email list that gives you tremendous power in your life. The Golden Strategy List building is one of the core strategies I always focus on in every business I own. If you take nothing else from this book but an obsessive focus on building your list of clients and prospects, this book will still be worth 10,000 times what you paid for it. So, what exactly am I talking about when I say list? This is really simple. It's a list of people who have asked to subscribe to your emails. Typically, you have an opt-in form on your site, and people can enter their email address in that form to subscribe to your email list. Of course, you have to give people a reason to subscribe. It might be to receive a newsletter or get daily updates or learn about daily special deals or find out about new content. But no matter what the promise is, that is the reason they are joining your email list. For example, I'm an avid skier, so in the winter I get daily snow updates from two ski areas near me. Every morning I receive a short email from each that tells me whether they got any new snow overnight. I'm also a guitar player, so I'm on a couple of lists where I get notices of new guitar tutorials. And I use a Mac, so I'm on a list that sends me updates about new Mac software. Those are just a few examples, but I'm on lots of other email lists. I'm sure you're on several as well. And make no mistake, once you start to build an email list for your business, you've taken a huge step toward controlling your own financial destiny. Of course, this is true no matter what type of business you're in. Your list or database of prospects and loyal clients is always one of the most important assets in your business. If you own a dry cleaning store, the clients who come in regularly are your bread and butter. If you run a restaurant, the customers who come in every week or every month are the people who keep you in business. However, the online world tends to speed up and intensify everything, and that's definitely the case with your list. In the online world, your list is everything. Everything. In fact, it really is hard to fathom the power of an email list until you have a list and you push that send button. And then within seconds, you start to see the people on your list responding and clicking through to your website. That power is breathtaking. And once you experience it, you will realize the way you live your life has changed forever. 
And of course, since there is so much data and tracking online, you get to see the results in real time. For larger lists, say lists above 10,000 subscribers, it can actually take several minutes before your email list server delivers all the email. But once the email starts going out, you'll typically start to see the response within seconds. And for really large lists, I have well over 100,000 subscribers, and there are far larger lists out there, you sometimes have to take extra precautions so that whatever website you are sending people to doesn't crash. For example, if I put up a new post on my blog at jeffwalker.com, www.jeffwalker.com, I have to be careful. If I send too many visitors at the same time, it can crash the server. What I will typically do is stagger my email broadcasts so that I mail only a portion of the list every few minutes. Now, I don't want to get too technical on you too early in this discussion, and I don't want to intimidate you. If you're starting out in your list-building endeavors, you're a long way from having to worry about crashing servers. I just mentioned that to show you the power of having a list. You can actually send so much traffic to a site that you overwhelm the server. We have a saying in the business that sums it up in four words. Push send, make money. That's why having a list is like having a license to print money at will. Which, of course, is why I wasn't worried about saving for my kids' college education. Because I had a list. What about spam? Before we go any further, I just want to be super clear about one thing. When I talk about email lists, I am not talking about sending spam email. I'm talking about building a legitimate list of people who have asked to subscribe to your emails. There are many definitions of spam out there, and what is regarded as spam has changed quite a bit over time, and the laws regarding spam continue to evolve as well. But for our purposes, spam can be defined as unsolicited commercial email. When I talk about lists and list building, it is always email that people have asked to receive. I've been publishing online since 1996, and I have never sent a single spam message. In fact, everything I do and teach is the very antithesis of spam. The reality is that spamming is a very quick way to put yourself out of business. Don't do it. Send email only to people who have requested it. Your list is not a strategy. It's the strategy. As I mentioned before, list building has been a core strategy for me since I started. In fact, it was the only strategy I had when I started out. I actually began my list-building efforts before I even had a website. I can't remember exactly why I was so focused on list-building from day one, but I quickly realized just how powerful lists were. Those lists have become the cornerstone of everything that I do in my business. Of course, over the years, plenty of other people have figured this out as well. But there's another thing that set me apart from the majority of other people who were building lists— and that is summed up in one word. Relationship. 
That might sound like a funny word when we're talking about your email going out to thousands of people, but the reality is that your email is landing in a lot of individual inboxes. Every subscriber on your list is an individual, a unique person. I know I'm stating the obvious, but many list owners seem to forget this. I hear them talk about sending a blast to their email list, their term for an email broadcast. But think about it. Does anyone like to get blasted? Remember that your email is landing in a very personal place, the inbox of your reader's computer. If you doubt how private this space is, just think about letting a stranger browse through your email inbox. Not a very pleasant thought for most people. Most of us feel very protective of our inboxes, and because every email you send is landing in your subscriber's inbox, you have a lot of power. Lots of times I'll go to a conference and people will come up to me, people I've never met, and they'll start talking to me like I'm a long-lost friend. Sometimes I'll wonder if they actually are an old friend I've somehow forgotten. They'll start asking me about the stuff I've shared from my personal life in my emails, about how the skiing or the mountain biking season has been, about how my kids are doing, about how my guitar playing is going. And that's a good thing, because I want my readers to feel like they have a personal connection with me. That connection is what gets them to open my emails, read them, and ultimately click on the links in those emails. It doesn't matter how many people are on your list if the emails sit unopened in your subscribers' inboxes. If they don't actually open your emails and read them, then you might as well not bother building a list. What I'm talking about is how responsive your list is. And the responsiveness of lists varies dramatically. There are lists out there where 60% or more of the people on the list open the email. That's on the super-responsive end of the spectrum. And there are other lists where less than 1% of the people on the list open the email, which, of course, is on the dismally unresponsive end. Obviously, you want a responsive list. It's better to have a list of 100 people where 60% of them open your emails, that is, 60 people are reading your email, than a list of 1,000 where 1% open your emails, that is, 10 people are reading your email. So how do you build and maintain a responsive list? Well, there's a lot of strategy and a little magic in building a responsive list, but it really comes down to relationship. And the easiest way to increase the responsiveness of your list is to increase the connection and relationship you have with your list. Remember, one, the size of your list is not nearly as important as how responsive the list is, so your list relationship is extremely important. Two, the entire PLF process you are about to learn is one of the best ways to build your relationship with your list. What about social media? Of course, there are other types of lists in addition to email. You can also build a list of followers on social media sites, such as on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. But as of right now, email still has the real power. 
In fact, social media lists aren't even in the same ballpark. In terms of pure response rates, an email subscriber is worth many times more than a social media subscriber. In fact, the latest tests I've seen have shown that email is at least 20 times more powerful than a Facebook list. In other words, an email list of 1,000 people will outperform a Facebook following of 20,000. Of course, that number will vary dramatically in each situation based on a lot of different factors. But the fact remains that email lists are still much more powerful than social media lists. That might change sometime in the future, and if anything is a sure thing, it's that the mechanics of online businesses are always changing. However, I've been hearing about the death of email since 2003, and it's still generating millions of dollars a year for my business. Another problem with building lists on social media sites is that you are not in control of the platform. If you build a list on Facebook, you need to remember that the list is actually owned by Facebook, and they can change the rules anytime they want. And please note that social media sites do change the rules and have done so with regularity. Your list will become the biggest asset in your business, and it's much too important an asset to build on a platform that you don't control. Finally, social media sites come and go. A few years ago, MySpace was the big thing. Lots of people put a lot of time into building a large presence there. Now it's pretty much a ghost town. Make no mistake, that will happen to other social media sites, so you have to be careful about list building on platforms that might go away someday. So, just to be clear, I think there is value in building lists of followers on social media sites, but you need to be careful. When you build a list on a social media site, you have two big dangers. The first is that the site might change the rules in how you can use your list, or they might close down your account altogether. The second risk is that the social media site might actually lose its reach and people might abandon it for the next big thing. A buyer is a buyer. There are several different types of lists, and it's important to understand the differences. Lots of times when people talk about lists, they just throw out a number. I've got a 30,000-person list! Well, a statement like that doesn't mean much. So let's peel back this onion a little bit. So far, we've talked about two types of lists, email and social media. I also mentioned that as of right now, email lists are much more powerful than social media lists. Another critical distinction is between prospect lists and customer lists. The definition is pretty simple. A prospect is someone who has not bought anything from you yet. A buyer is someone who has bought something from you. In your business, you will have both types of lists. And the important thing to remember is that a list of buyers is a lot more valuable than a list of prospects. In my experience, a person on your buyer list is worth 10 to 15 times what a person on your prospect list is worth. This leads to a couple of key points. First, 
you want to try to move people from your prospect list to your buyer's list. And incidentally, a PLF-style product launch is the best way I've found to do that. Second, you will treat the two lists differently. You want to maintain a great relationship with both, but if you're going to spend extra time and effort on your list relationship, then the place to spend it is on your buyer's list. That usually means spending the time and effort to send them some cool content or a bonus of some kind. I remember ordering from an e-commerce store that would often, but not always, include a little bit of hard candy or some other treat in their packages. I'm sure their cost was just a few pennies, but I still remember getting those extras. And it's been several years since I ordered from them. A little surprise bonus or personal touch can really go a long way. For example, we always send out a handwritten thank you snail mail postcard to our new product launch formula owners. That's a simple way to stand out and build a relationship. With an online business, it's really easy to create and send content-based bonuses like an extra training video or report. This obviously works great for information-based businesses, such as someone selling a product on learning to play guitar. But it will also work well for other businesses, too. For example, for that website that sells learn-to-play-guitar courses, they could include an extra video lesson on playing movable chords or some other topic. But let's say you have an e-commerce store that sells guitars. Well, you could send that same video about learning to play movable chords. Or you could send a video about the care and maintenance of a guitar. One key factor is how you send the bonus video. You could put it on a DVD and ship it out to your client. That would be the old-school way. You would have the time and expense of preparing, duplicating, and shipping the DVD, and the DVD would probably be put aside and never watched. Or you could put the bonus video online on your website, which is extremely easy to do. You can find the resource page at thelaunchbook.com slash resources. This method is simpler, faster, and will cost almost nothing other than the time to shoot and edit the video. In addition, you can send a direct link to the bonus video in your email, a great way to condition people to open your emails and click on your links. After all, if you occasionally send them cool bonuses in your emails, they'll always be looking forward to your next email. List Getting How to Build Your List Okay, now that I've been going on for a while about how awesome lists are, hopefully I've got you sold on the idea that you want to get a list as soon as you possibly can. So, here's how to do it. First off, this is going to be a hyper-abbreviated lesson on list building. I could write an entire book on the topic. And I've actually created an entire course on list building because it's a rich and deep topic and so important. If you want to take this topic further, and you should, you can get my list building blueprint free at thelaunchbook.com slash list. So the first thing you need to do is get clear on who your prospect is. We use the term avatar. Think of your avatar as your typical prospect, 
the typical person you're trying to reach. So if you're teaching about golf, you generally aren't trying to reach all golfers. You might be going after school-aged golfers who are trying to get a college scholarship. Or you might be going after 45- to 55-year-old women who are just starting to golf after their kids have gone off to college. Or you could be going after men with handicaps under 10 who want to improve their short game. I actually don't really know the golf market, so I just made all those up. But you get the idea. Everything about your marketing will be completely different depending on which of those three different groups you are targeting. So this is the deal. Your list-building effort is the very sharp end of your marketing efforts. It's the first place where people have contact with you, so you have to get it right. And the very first step in getting it right is understanding to whom you are selling, who your avatar is. The reason you have to get this right is we're going to create what is called a squeeze page. That squeeze page will have an opt-in offer. That's the offer you will make to get someone to join your email list. One way to think of this offer is as a bribe, but an ethical one. You have something of value that you will give to your website visitor if they join or subscribe to your list. Your squeeze page and your opt-in offer will be the key to your list-building efforts. Important. As I just mentioned, it's important to get this first piece of your marketing right. In fact, it's critical. This is your lead element in the battle for your business. However, you don't have to get it perfect right out of the gate. In fact, no one gets it perfect right away. The good news is that it's really easy to be incremental about this. You get your first squeeze page up, and then you work on improving it. One of the coolest things about an online business is how much data you get and how easy it is to test things. In the most basic form, and one of the most useful, you create two versions of your squeeze page. Then you use software to alternate which version is shown to your site visitors and watch to see which version has the best response rate. Check my resource page at thelaunchbook.com resources. After you have a winner, then you use the winner but create another test to see if you can improve it even more and so on. This is called split testing or A to B testing, and it's the key to constantly improving your site's conversion. In this case, your conversion is simply the percentage of visitors you get to join your email list. Again, the important thing to remember is this. Don't worry about perfection when you're starting out. No one gets it right the first time. The important thing is to get the first version done and then improve from there. How to get people to join your list. So, what is a squeeze page? As far as can be determined, this idea was pioneered many years ago by my friend Dean Jackson, ilovemarketing.com, and has proven to be one of the most significant developments in the Internet marketing world. A squeeze page is a very simple page that gives the visitor a choice of only two options. One, the visitor can opt in with their email address to get some type of free something. This is your ethical bribe. 
or two, they can leave the page. By forcing your visitor to choose, well, you force them to choose. And you should be clear right from the start that, for most websites, the majority of your visitors will choose to leave your site. The fact that the majority of visitors will quickly leave your site can be very painful for a new website owner to think about. But the reality is, only one thing on your site is 100% guaranteed, that everyone will eventually leave your website. And you need to understand this. If they leave your site without opting into your list or buying something from you, then the odds of their coming back are extremely slim. And when I say extremely slim, what I really mean is no chance at all. If you doubt this, just think about your own actions online. How many times do you ever return to a website that you visited randomly? Even if you bookmark a given site, even if a site is really cool, probably not very often. Instead, it's a matter of out of sight, out of mind. Your visitors will be the same. Once they leave your site, they will never think about it again. Unless you capture their email address. Everything changes if they join your list, because then you can use your emails to drive them back to your site, or any site you want to send them to. When you start to think about your list building that way, all of a sudden it starts to make a lot more sense to put up a squeeze page and force people to make a choice when they come to your site. Make them either opt-in or leave. If you're still having a hard time wrapping your head around the idea of a squeeze page, here's another way to think about it. Consider the value of a subscriber to your email list. When you're just starting out, this can be a difficult number to calculate, but I will tell you that in my market niche, a general rule of thumb is that a subscriber is worth $1 per month or $12 per year. That's a really rough guesstimate, and I could write for a long time about email list metrics and the characteristics of email lists. But let's stick with that $12 per year for this example. So, let's say that you do not have a squeeze page, but you have some type of form people use to subscribe to your site. Maybe there's an opt-in box in the right-side menu that says, Subscribe to my newsletter. That's not a very powerful way to convert your site visitors into email subscribers, so you might get only 3% of your visitors to subscribe to your list. That means that each visitor is worth 36 cents to you in the next year. This is how the math goes. Since each subscriber is worth $12 per year and 3% of your visitors subscribe, it's a matter of simple multiplication. In this case, 0 0.03 times $12 equals 36 cents. Now, let's say you have a squeeze page. You are forcing your visitors to make a choice, either subscribe to your email list or leave your site. With a squeeze page, you're very likely to get a higher rate of conversion to your list. In this case, let's assume you get a 20% opt-in rate. That means each visitor is worth $2.40 in the next year. Here's the math. 0.20 times $12 equals $2.40.
That means for every visitor you have, you are losing $2.04 by not having a squeeze page. You are getting only $0.36 cents instead of $2.40 per visitor. Now, of course, this is hypothetical, and there are all kinds of different factors and variables at play here. But the fact is that in many cases, putting a squeeze page on your site is an instant win in terms of website profitability. So one of the most important things that makes a squeeze page work is having a really strong opt-in offer. This is the ethical bribe that I mentioned earlier. Basically, this is the honey that you're going to offer your visitors on your squeeze page to convince them to opt-in. So what's the ethical bribe? It all depends on your avatar. What do they really want? What are their greatest fears, their biggest desires? What keeps them awake at night? Going back to golf, if your avatar is an average male duffer who plays one round of golf a week with his buddies, then maybe he just wants to drive further than his friends, especially on the first tee. If that's the case, then a great ethical bribe might be a video tutorial on how to completely crush your drive on the first tee every single time. Or maybe instead of a video, it could be a special report, that is, a written PDF report. Getting your squeeze page right is really about getting the ethical bribe right. And it doesn't have to be perfect the first time out, since this is another thing you can test very easily. But at the end of the day, the effectiveness of your squeeze page is very much dependent on the quality of your bribe and how closely it aligns with your avatar's hopes, dreams, and desires. Okay, enough theory. Let's take a look at some examples of squeeze pages by accessing the following sites. ProductLaunchFormula.com ListGettingBlueprint.com VictoriaLabom.com InnerCircleSessions.com slash training So far, we've covered 1. Defining your avatar 2. Creating your opt-in ethical bribe 3. Creating your squeeze page Now, the only thing left to do to get your list rolling is drive some traffic to your squeeze page. Of course, driving traffic is another one of those huge topics that I could write a book or two about. And it's a topic that is constantly changing, which means if I did write those books, they would probably be out of date by the time you read them. But here's a big-picture overview. There are a number of ways to drive traffic. The first one that most people think about is from the search engines such as Google. This is usually called natural search traffic meaning traffic that comes from people finding your site in the search engines. Getting your site to rank in Google, and by rank I mean appear near the top of the search listings, is part science and part art, and people devote entire careers to it. One important thing to remember is that it's very hard to get a squeeze page to rank well with Google. Nevertheless, natural search is something that I always build into my business at some level. Another way to drive traffic is through paid search. Those are the little advertisements you see at the top and on the right side of the Google listings. 
There are similar ads on Facebook. Those ads are basically sold on an auction basis. They're available to the highest bidder. It's actually more complicated than that, but that's a close enough explanation for now. In any case, paid search can be expensive, but it's great for testing squeeze pages because you can literally start driving traffic in minutes. Another way to send traffic to your site is through social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Again, this is a big topic, far too big to cover in any real depth here, but I would have loved to have something like Facebook available when I started out. You can create a Facebook presence in minutes and start gathering followers there almost immediately. You already know that my preference is always going to lean toward building an email list instead of a social media list. But you can use your social media presence to drive traffic to your squeeze page. In other words, you can use your social media following to build your email list. There are many other ways to drive traffic to your squeeze page, such as creating great content that attracts word-of-mouth traffic. This has always been one of my personal favorites. Other forms of advertising and online forums. And, of course, there's my all-time favorite source of traffic, which is affiliates and joint venture partners. This is when other people with lists send you tons of traffic, and it doesn't cost you a single penny up front. You pay them out of the sales that are generated by that traffic. This is the ultimate shortcut to building a big list fast. In fact, I've personally added more than 50,000 people to my list in a matter of days using this method. But this is an advanced strategy, and we're not ready to talk about that one yet. I'll go into all the gory details a little later. The secret to having a list is to just get started. Okay, by now I hope I've got you convinced of the power of lists and the absolute necessity of list building in your business. It drives me nuts that there are still people out there who don't do this. The bottom line is that this is all about your bottom line. Your lists of prospects and clients are the biggest asset in your business. In fact, I could argue that they're almost the only true asset for most online businesses. Of course, since I've started teaching the product launch formula, the number one question I get is, what if I don't have a list? Or sometimes people whine about it. Jeff, that's great for you because you have a big list, but I don't have one. The truth is, that's exactly where I began, with zero people on my list. But I went to work building my list, slowly, methodically, diligently. Some days I would get a single new subscriber, some days I would get none. My efforts gradually started to pick up momentum, and I would get three or four subscribers a day. I kept at it, and soon I was getting 30 subscribers a day. And 30 subscribers a day starts to add up. That's 900 subscribers a month, or 10,800 subscribers a year. And guess what? In many markets, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year with a list of 10,000 subscribers. The bottom line is that if you want to build a viable business online, you need to focus on list building. That's why I put this chapter so early in the book. 
It's a core principle. And it's part of the product launch formula story, because there is no better way to maximize the results you get from your list than with a product launch. And here's an advanced secret. There is no better way to build a list quickly than with a product launch. Remember John Gallagher and the launch of his board game? Well, he had a very small list that he used in that launch. And you'll remember his first launch, before he got PLF, had 12 sales. Then after he applied PLF, he had 670 sales. The one thing I didn't tell you is that in addition to all those sales he made, he also added more than 1,000 new subscribers during that launch. That's what usually happens in a properly structured PLF-style launch. It's one of the best ways to build your list. But I'm starting to get ahead of myself. 